friends. It's true, you know. Personal, local, global wellness. You may now begin the course. The emotional response to love. It's awfully important. Is usually the result of a decommy family. A show of affection. Redefining what health means for you. And the real fundamental you. 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 Well, if you'd like a place where there's never a dull moment, choose the right flavor of wellness for you. Syndacy Wellness. Hosts the personal, local, global wellness show. Hey there, everyone. I'm June Syndacy. Welcome to the personal, local, global wellness show. I'm June Syndacy, and I work at Syndacy Wellness, helping women and men move from emotional overwhelm and anxiety to a state of grace, peace, and comfort, teaching stress management skills, and using nutrition analysis along with my counseling practice. Today, I am so honored to have on the show Tiara Thomas. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. And we're going to be discussing her incredible work, um, Life Alignment Coaching. If we want to just dig in and start with the story of what's gotten you into doing what you do, uh, maybe life-breaking moments or a bit of your background and history that led you to do what you do and want to connect with people the way you do. Absolutely. Well, um, I, I started... My journey with health and wellness probably 10 years ago, back in college, uh, being overweight and unhappy with my life. So it kind of started more with with food and um, herbs and, and that sort of thing, raw food. I did a lot of raw food. But then fast forward um, to when I had my son. Uh, he's almost seven now, so six and a half years ago. Um, I was in a really horrible, abusive relationship. And um, it took me having my son to really get out of that relationship and to realize that I, I you know, I wouldn't tolerate that kind of relationship for my child. And, and I didn't want that person to be the father of my child, really, because um, he was verbally, physically, mentally abusive. And, um, so it kind of gave me the strength to, to leave that situation. And then after I had to really examine myself because I was like, what is it about me that allowed that to happen for so long? You know, because I wouldn't tolerate it for my son. Why would I tolerate it for myself? And so I, you know, it kind of, I kind of started diving into the psychology of narcissism and, um, you know, what, what those type of people are like and why, um, I was able to allow that verbal, physical and mental abuse of myself. Like my self-worth obviously was not very good if I would allow someone to be that, that way with me. And so it took me a while still, it took me a while to like really dive in and see what belief systems and things were we're really attract. I won't say attracting because I feel like, yes, we attract certain people into our lives from the the vibes that we give off, but it's almost an allowing because when we when we attract those types of people in our lives, we we often see the things they show it to us. They show us who they really are, and we just choose to ignore it. So, um, you know, and I had a few more relationships very similar to. Um, that man. And 
it took me less time to recognize like, Oh, I've been here before I've seen this. And, um, I kind of hit rock bottom. I wouldn't say rock bottom, but I was in kind of a darker place a few years ago. And, um, one of my go-tos at the time was alcohol and really spending money that I didn't have. And, um, I had, had, had kind of dabbled in coaching and, Um, and I follow a lot of people that are very inspirational. And so I've had times where I kind of like, you know, hit a peak and then down back into a valley. And at that point I was like, I'm not going to do this again. I'm not going to, you know, build myself up just to tear myself down. Like, why do I keep sabotaging myself? And I was like, these relationships are a pattern. You know, this, this self-abuse is a pattern and it has to stop. And at that time, um, I started a Facebook page and I started a self-love challenge where I was doing videos every day. And that really helped me stay on track. And I started realizing that it's really our belief systems that are what keep us stuck. And where do those belief systems come from? You know, it usually has to do with childhood and a, a lot of different things, but these belief systems really create this filter for which we navigate the world. And, and so I was like, it's the belief systems that I need to target. And so in, in my search, I I don't exactly remember how I know I was following Bruce Lipton, um, biology of belief. Amazing. Um, but he is a a huge supporter of psyche and that's kind of how I found psyche in terms of like how to transform belief systems and really make them stick and, um, also I have, you know, dabbled some in psychedelics in terms of like healing as well. And that's really been helpful for me. My husband actually, um, has been a huge supporter of mine with that as well. So yeah, that's kind of the gist of it. I'm so grateful. You just got so real so fast, you know, <laughs> Not everyone just owns their story. And Tiara and I were dropping in a bit before we went live because we we're long time friends for it's not just someone I've just met we've known each other and we've been in very similar circles and I just deeply respect her and the way she carries herself as a mother you know being a a shoulder to lean on to other women um, going into that level and phase of womanhood and just as a practitioner just so transparent and I'm really excited you you spoke on abusive relationships because I've worked with women and have dear, dear friends who have been in similar situations. And so they are coming at me with statistics all the time of like, you didn't mention physical abuse, but oftentimes it's like something like eight or nine times someone's physically abused before they even ask for help and then get out. And the process of this rebirthing to, to know that you can make it on your own and be the kind of person that you want to be um, Mm -hmm. without what was so familiar, that idea of um, the policeman's taking away the baby from the mother who hits it, but the baby's reaching because it's familiar. Um, And these these abusive patterns we do to ourselves, I will say for sure, fall in that category, but yet it's familiar and it's frightening. It's frightening Mm -hmm. to step out of it. And, um, I'm excited you spoke to that. And, and I don't know if you want to speak to it a little more of what that process has been like and women who I can't speak, I can speak from it in terms of mm, unhealthy spiritual organizations. <laughs> uh, but I'd like, if you want to open to it, 
to other women who have that similar life history who could connect to where you've been and what you're doing now that might want to reach out to you having a personal experience there absolutely well and i in looking back at that experience i had to look at how i got to that place and how i was able to tolerate and be in that and usually in these relationships um it's kind of a, like a slow boil you know you start out feeling great in the relationship these people have a tendency to put you on a pedestal and you know praise you and do all these things but then they hit you usually where it hurts it's like praise 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 and then insult and um it becomes an addictive pattern um it's really easy to get addicted to these relationships because of the highs and the lows and um and also they they kind of build this image of you and of them and of the relationship and and it you just get to the point where you don't even know yourself anymore and um so getting out of that it really is a process of realizing your worth and it's it's sometimes it's really hard to conceptualize too because you might have you know you probably came into that relationship already with a pretty low um sense of self-worth and um it's a slow process it's not it's not something that's going to ever happen overnight but i think a big part of that is taking personal responsibility and not being a victim because um if you're constantly blaming the other person for being in that position then you're never going to heal yourself um because there there's nothing that you can do about them the only thing that you can change is yourself the only thing that you can control is your internal environment and um outside circumstances will change once you work on that but they're not really going to change that much if you don't do the work to examine with a microscope you know the things that are continuing those patterns of thought and the patterns of behavior that result from those thoughts you know and just if if it's not a relationship it's going to be something else whether it's food or you know um a job or the you know cycles of self abuse with alcohol or drugs or something else um and it it really literally starts with you it's incredible how you say like you taking the self responsibility because as you said you're not in the alcohol or party scene anymore and there is this huge i think people they don't always they don't want to feel the gravity of the amount of change that's going to come but lifestyle food choices sleep habits it's like a full on makeover of change and my best friend was in a similar situation of something like 10 years and similarly takes full responsibility for how much she she's a whole other person. She doesn't do the activities or hang out with the kinds of people or have even similar interests that she used to have. And that's why she literally rebirthed herself and healed an autoimmune disorder. And I just remember though when she told me she called off the wedding of this 10-year experience and I said, you know, cuz I'd been hearing these things for 5 years, but it was her own building of the her power. It's like that idea of the butterfly burst out of the cocoon but if the scientists try and help it it doesn't 
practice um, sharing the fluid into its wings and then is deformed if it doesn't break out on its own. And it's like those five years, she was building the power to really believe she could change. And I was in New Zealand at the time, this coffee shop, and I can remember what I was eating. What was that? She's like, I caught off the wedding. And I was like, okay, there might be a storm that that's about to blow through. Like, what's going to hold you? And she's like, I'm like, what's going to be your anchor? And she just cried and just said, like, I deserve love. I deserve so much more. But she named the specific things that she truly wanted to circulate that she didn't know would, would take the amount of time to build it rebuild herself and now she's in a beautiful relationship and has just like it's night and day and what's exciting is you're not someone who's like anti-relationship or men you're in healthy marriage Mm -hmm. and you and your partner are following your dreams and and just being the proof of it's not easy it's hard work but that it's doable and it's possible and there's sisterhood and there's support and there's counselors and mentors who can help walk you through that process and I know it's tender and I'm grateful that you were open to, to addressing it, even though it's not some of the topics we'd even prepared, but it's so necessary because I think people, and when I was in a, a spiritual organization that didn't match up with my values and felt constricting of me evolving, I wanted to be in denial of being able to be fully myself and just settle and, um, it's a kind of death. It's mm-hmm. not. It's not a rebirthing kind of. My partner said the word complacent the other day. It's become complacent, and I am. Um, I'm really happy we, we went there to start off because that's this this deep stuff. It's hard work. What we're talking about there. Um, would you mind just taking us down to the raw definition for dummies? Like, what are belief systems? Yeah. Um, you know, you're saying you have to address them and change them. And what are they? You know, uh, you help people identify them in your work. Um, just starting with that basic. Yeah. Well, belief systems are like the foundation of and the filter for which we see the world. They're usually developed, um, you know, most of them are actually developed before age seven, you know, before the conscious mind is really developed. And a lot of times, like, you know, we have, we have both empowering and disempowering belief systems, but it's usually the disempowering ones that we're wanting to change. Um, and the disempowering belief systems generally come from trauma. Um, and trauma can be anything. Um, trauma can be just the perception of an event um, that happened that may not have se- even seemed traumatic at the time, but somehow created some sort of a, you know, discord in our system. Um, and these belief systems, like I said, are a filter. So it's like, if it's like having like a pair of sunglasses on, you know, it's going to affect the, the tint of everything around you, you know? And if you, if, it, if you don't want that tint, then you take the sunglasses off to see things more clearly. Um, and, you know, a lot of times the things that I see the most of in my practice is worthiness. That's a huge belief system that a lot of people deal with, um, feeling unworthy, um, also being able to receive love. Um, that is uh, another belief system that can really hamper us in any sort of um, positive change. And that in changing these belief systems, it, I call them like seeds. 
Like when we're, when we're replacing uh, a disempowering belief system with an empowering belief system, I call it a seed. And the thing about beliefs is our subconscious mind is like a meaning making machine. So with these belief systems, our subconscious mind is constantly looking for proof and confirmation of that belief. So if your life, if you look at your life and the results of your belief systems and you go, well, I don't like what I see, then you have to consciously create the life to support the belief systems. It's like the idea of uh, manifestation. You have to be it, not want to be it because then you're coming from a place of lack. Same thing with developing new belief systems. It's like, you know, you plant the seed and then you have to water it. You have to water it. You have to provide the proof and confirmation for these belief systems to change and grow. Otherwise, you're going to have these disempowering beliefs and you're constantly going to be looking for, consciously or otherwise, for the proof that 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 exists. So if you believe I am not worthy, then everything that you do as you navigate your life is going to prove that and you're going to actually seek that out. So if you want that, the opposite of that, you have to create the opposite of that. So when people start to, it takes time and grace and compassion, peel apart their mind, their narratives, their world that they have assumed and agreed to be true. How would you say, you know, religion and your parents' life history, it all adds in, right? Mm -hmm. And I think if you want to riff off that, I think we, we take certain things as ours instead of remembering that it's not mine. And uh, a lot of us in this work, I like to bring it down to the basics, like for dummies, because I like to review what I think I know, first off, and we never know who's listening. But people who are in this work, when I feel certain voices or vibrations in my mind, sometimes I have to call out, that's not mine. Mm. You know, like it could have been from my mother's patterns or my grandparents. And um, a lot of people talk about it as like clean, clearing your ancestral work. Mm. Um, there's a lot of different terminology. And I think at first it can be a little existential crisis-like for people who are like, well, what I, what do I believe is true? Like, what can I, what can I, can I trust my mind? Um, and let me know if you can't hear me well, just give me one of these signals. Um, but I think at first when people start to dive into this work, it can be a little earth shattering. How do I stand on sure ground? If I, if I don't, if I don't know what to believe. And, um, you know, I don't know if you remember when you first started kind of peeling back the layers, if you had any experiences like that, or if people that you know have experiences like that, what you say to them in terms of pacing themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. Um, and it's funny because uh, I haven't been great at practicing this myself, um, but I'm getting better at it. And that's just being gracious with yourself. Um, and one of the things that I tell my clients is, is, you know, when, when we're working on supporting these new, newly created belief systems is that whatever it is that, you know, whatever action step or goal that we're going to create afterwards, it doesn't really matter how quickly you finish it. 
It's just that you work towards finishing it because I feel like a lot of times that we're so focused on like, I'm going to create this list of things that I'm going to do. And I am so guilty of this. And then I get like a third of the way through it and then life happens and I don't finish it. And then I beat myself up and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I did. I let myself down and let all these people down. And so I really try to focus on one thing at a time with my clients. Like, let's just take off, you know, how do you eat an elephant? One, but one bite at a time, that's all you can do. And I think a lot of times we take on too much and we try to change too many things at once. And really all you need to do is work on like one belief, one action step at a time. And then you build a really good foundation for, for helping yourself in those belief systems. And every single time you complete a task, like you have to acknowledge yourself for, you know, and give yourself credit. And if you don't, the worst thing that you can do is get, be hard on yourself, really, you know, allow yourself some grace. And that doesn't mean like just, forget it all together and procrastinate forever. You know, there's, there's definitely a balance there, but, um, definitely graciousness is, is a huge part of change and, and self-love, you know, <laughs> for sure. A lot of people who do this deep, you know, self-development, peeling the layers, trying to improve, refine is a spiritual or religious word, refine the light. I, I think we get so caught up in the moment of how do we do better? How do I do better? How do I do better? Instead of like being present to experience the, you know, the dust on the table or the feeling of the chair underneath me. And I have to often remind myself, like, what am I doing this all for? Um, And we, we get this grandiose idea that it can happen all at once instead of, being patient with how anything is built and how a tree grows slowly or, you know, brick by brick. And I don't know why we get ahead of ourselves, instant gratification age maybe, but um, we can really only focus on one thing at a time. And so I'm so happy that we, we spoke to that because I think people often give up since we weren't taught to exercise this emotional resilience muscle in school we're taught to regurgitate information and it feels new when we're dissolving or discharging these highly sensitive and charged topics uh to really start to be kind and tender and is not you to be kind and tender is not usually the pattern it's to push harder to finish to force instead of to um, kind of balance in this grace that I think if we were to like plant seeds outside, there's this like light and then dark and water and sun and there's this balance. Yet when we're learning new things and repairing, we don't take up that approach. Um, so I'm, I'm really happy that we, we spoke to that. I would love to to use myself as an example with the the belief system work in terms of when I decide to speak about my personal experiences and the narratives I considered to be true, which my uncle would always say, can you consider your narrative is not true? And I didn't know what he was saying when I was little, but talking to lots of people online and, you know, speaking about my own experience and life history that I had to have a, a quite 
frank conversation with my family members who I really admire, love, and respect before I started to do it because they get to say June was really sensitive. She experienced her childhood and life the way she did. It might not have been true <laughs> what, what she saw happen, but what she's had to heal in herself, you know, has empowered herself and others. And so that clarity and respect to know that what I saw is true, maybe wasn't true for my parents or my brothers, but to kind of take this, like you said, self-responsibility of what I needed to heal and work on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that we often get caught in arguing narratives and beliefs rather than just saying like, this is my work. Um, and, and don't know if you want to add anything to that, but what I, what I see is a lot of people, they spend time arguing rather than just putting them magnifying glass back on themselves, as my mentor would say. Right. Right. Well, and just to speak a little bit um, about that, it, I have been so guilty of getting in arguments and trying to help people change and try to change them by, by you know, showing them what was wrong with them and what was wrong with the world and all those things. And I think a lot of us who, who really care and want to make big change in the world um, kind of get caught up in those pitfalls sometimes. But what I realized is, is that like, it all comes down to hundred percent personal responsibility and, and navigating that yourself and, and, and making sure that you're doing the work to um, align your life. And that's exactly what my coaching is based on is, is aligning your life and, um, and that has to do with the individual. And so I, I changed my perspective from like, I need to like fix the world to like, how about I just focus on one person at a time. And in doing that, I'm also benefiting myself because I'm living my purpose. And that's how I align my life is actually doing something versus, you know, doing something that, that matters versus, you know, being, staying safe and, 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 um, like I was working in hospitality. I was telling you I was working in hospitality for 10 years and that was like my safe place. It's scary to step out and do something that is, of, is the unknown, regardless of whether you feel like it's, you know, aligned with your life's purpose. And so, um, I think where I was going with that is that, um, change is, as is, up to you, to the individual and to your own experience. And you are responsible for discovering those belief systems, for uprooting those belief systems. It's great to get help. You can do it on your own, but getting help will help you do it faster. You know? So, I mean, this process has taken me, you know, six plus years pretty much to figure this out. But um, it's really helpful to have someone there on your side, like helping you like ask the important questions to really get down into that. Especially if people have suffered with addiction and are a bit embarrassed and they don't even want to say they're embarrassed because they don't want to admit how they've caused a bit of damage along the way. (laughs) And um, I can feel some of my friends in that mode where they're so ashamed and they're so low that the last thing they'd want to do is admit they cause damage, ask help to say, I don't really want to cause more damage, but I want to work on this. And knowing that in my working on this trial and error uh, of how I relate and how I believe things are, and which then obviously dictate my actions, um, that trial and error process, trying to do it a bit more gracefully and tender 
lightly, gently uh, to those that we're living with, especially if we have responsibilities, because it is kind of like a, a new rebirthing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we had a question of how do belief systems shape our reality? And if you think we've gotten into that, we can get to a next one. Or if you want to dive into a bit, a bit more, we can. No, I think we covered, I think we covered that. Yeah. yeah. Um, how do you uncover unconscious beliefs through patterns of behavior and applied kinesiology? Okay. Interested in this question. Okay. So apply, if anyone's familiar with applied kinesiology, um, it's muscle type. So muscle testing is something that, you know, chiropractors use, um, wellness professionals use, and it's basically using the body to connect with the subconscious mind. Because when you give the body uh, like, a, like a yes or no question, um, sometimes it's used for like supplements or something like that to see if it causes a stress response in the body. So typically like maybe um, a practitioner might use your arm um, and you're supposed to hold your arm strong. And if, if they push down on your arm and it's not like you're muscling it you're just kind of holding your arm there if your arm is strong then it's a yes or or a strong response and if it's weak then that's basically your body saying no um so what's great about my work is um the subconscious mind because of the um principles of quantum physics and quantum entanglement i can connect with anybody's subconscious mind anywhere in the world simultaneously you know in real time which is really cool um and I use a pendulum and I know a lot of people think pendulums are like witchcraft or woo woo, but, um, it's not, it's actually, uh, based in science, uh, it, cause it's a very just fine tuned sensitive instrument here. I have my pendulum right here. Um, and basically it just measures your body movements and you just program it through your body and your subconscious mind to give you a yes or no answer. So Um, and of course, if you're doing it with yourself, there's sometimes you have like issues of bias, but when I'm working with clients, I'm not really attached to the answer that I get. I'm just asking, you know, a question and getting a yes or no answer. Um, so that's one way that you can uncover unconscious beliefs because I can ask like, am I worthy? Right. And then, or I am, sorry, not am I worthy? I am worthy. I see you give like a positive, positive, um, present tense statement. And if I say I am worthy and it swings, you know, left and right, that's a no. So then I know like your subconscious mind does not believe that. So then we can create the opposite. Um, and then as far as uncovering unconscious beliefs, um, through behavior and not even using these techniques, I mean, you can just see it in your life. Um, whether it's relationships that you continuously have, you know, like I feel like, and according to my story, I kept dating the same kind of guys. Um, and it can come up with maybe patterns of eating or certain trigger responses. Like if you are triggered by something and you are constantly getting angry and it's like, well, why am I getting angry about this? Um, so our emotions are a really good, um, uh, indicator of unconscious beliefs, a go-to behaviors. If, if it's like watching TV after you have like some sort of certain stressful event happen, you know, it's like you can look at the patterns that keep showing up or, you know, you keep sabotaging yourself. You keep trying to, to do something in your career or, um, in, in your physical well-being. And for example, myself, I've had a lot of struggles with my health. Um, I had, chronic fatigue, super bad. 
uh, postpartum, 18 months postpartum with my son. And I, you know, even knowing everything that I know about health and wellness and, and dietary stuff, um, I kind of waffled back and forth. Like I would do really well for a while with eating right and exercising and doing all the things that I needed to and seeing practitioners to help in my healing. And I would get to a certain point and then I would go back to old habits, drinking, partying, you know, just not caring until I had had to like hit a pain, certain pain threshold. And then, you know, and then I'm like, okay, now I got to catch myself. And then I got to do all this recovery work again. And so looking at those unconscious patterns, you can go, okay, well, what is the belief system behind the behavior? And then you really have to start examining, well, what was my childhood like? How, you know, like for me, I grew up in a single parent household. And so you know, what are the belief systems that come with that? What are the experiences that I, that really stick out in my childhood? Cause it's a lot of times, if you have very specific memories from childhood, either they're really positive or they're really negative. And so those are the places that you can start to really find those unconscious belief patterns that are shaping your reality. And what if people blocked out their childhood? What if they don't remember it? You know what? You can still, you can still figure out the unconscious belief um, beliefs behind it. Because like I said, just the patterns of behavior that are happening in real time. Mm-hmm. So if you look at, and, and you can just take, take what a person doesn't want. So if, if they're going, I don't want this, I don't want that. Then you just flip it. I do want this. And I do want that. And then you create a positive belief system to counteract. You don't necessarily have to know the specific belief system, just as long as you can counteract it with a belief system that's more positive. And what I love about this is this is the root, you know, kind of basis fundamentals of a lot of trauma work. But what I think is really cool is when people take self-responsibility for the little T and the big T traumas, you know, so that they don't kind of um, compound even the little traumas to be this ugly monster monster of a behavior and pattern that you're like, where did this come from? So I love the idea of the belief system work because it doesn't feel as like people will say, I don't need to do trauma work. I have no trauma. I think it's hard to get away from this life without any trauma, but people don't like that word. Um, So I love the way that you're making it extremely technical. And if people are hypermental, you know, cerebral, yet actionable and applicable and they can integrate it into their daily life. Um, I'm curious if you want to talk about this. Uh, I don't know how to say it. The K. Like K? Yes. Yeah. What is that? And how, how is it a strong aspect of your work? So Psyche is really the, the foundation of the work that I do. So I do Psyche pr- uh, like primarily, and then I use the coaching to kind of support um, the work that I do with Psyche. Psyche is um, a combination of applied kinesiology and um, something we call uh, whole brain states. And we use something called balances that help balance the, the hemispheres of the brain. So we use the applied kinesiology to kind of suss out the belief systems that we want to create um, to help 
support someone in, in being more empowered. And then um, the whole brain states are created through whole brain postures, which are just body movements that help activate both hemispheres of the brain. So um, you've probably heard of brain dominance theory. Brain dominance theory is like you hear someone say, oh, they're so left-brained or they're so right-brained because, you know, the different hemispheres of the brain are identified with different kinds of, you know, like whether it's like being creative or being detail-oriented or something like that. So what happens is like to when we develop these disempowering belief systems through trauma or like I said, the perception of trauma. So that's I think that's a really important thing to note because a lot of people say, well, I don't have any trauma, but it's not necessarily trauma. Like you said, with a capital T, it's, it's a lowercase T, but it's like the perception of an event that was stressful, you know? And what happens is, is that, that stressful event kind of gets lodged in one hemisphere of the brain or the other. And then certain triggers have a tendency to over-identify with that hemisphere of the brain. And that creates stress in the body. And so where you have stress, you have resistance. And because it creates that fight or flight fear response and the, the, the purpose of the subconscious mind is to keep us safe, right? So if you have a stress response to something, you're going to avoid it, right? And so that's going to help, you know, create resistance for you making the changes that you want to make, no matter how consciously you want them subconsciously, your mind is going to be helping to sabotage you in those circumstances, so, um, so what this does is it creates a whole brain state. So these whole brain postures, there's several different ways to, to do these whole brain postures. And I test the subconscious mind to see, you know, which whole brain posture and which balance is appropriate for this particular goal. And so once we create that whole brain state, it creates a state of super learning. So everyone's familiar with affirmations, right? So affirmations are something that, you know, you create like a positive present tense statement, like I am worthy or I am abundant or something like that. And typically the subconscious mind needs lots of repetition, either that, or you need to be in like a theta brainwave state with like hypnosis or something like that. So, um, and the problem with affirmations is, is you have to be really, really diligent and do hundreds and hundreds of repetitions on a daily basis sometimes to really make that stick. And so when you're in this whole brain state and you're using essentially an affirmation, it creates that state of super learning to kind of uh, accelerate the, the implementation of that belief and create a balanced state so that you don't have that same stress response to that belief. And it's not like a quick fix. It's not going to fix everything. You still, like I said, you still have to provide the proof and confirmation to water the seed and help that belief system grow. And so that's where I come in as a coach is I come in and I'm like, okay, so now that we balanced for this belief system and created this goal, now what are you going to do in your life to consciously create the proof and confirmation that this belief is now yours? How can you integrate it into your life? And um, another great part of the psyche process as well is if you have a belief system that you're trying to integrate that is a little bit ambiguous, um, I have a process where we literally go through and create a very specific visualization to, um, to create some sort of framework for your subconscious mind because you could have a belief system like I am worthy and your subconscious mind is like, okay, well, what, what, what does that mean? You know, what does that look like for you? How is that going to 
change your life. Like I, like your subconscious mind is like, that's kind of scary. I don't understand that. So I need to know what that is going to look like in the future so that it can kind of like let go and, and, and integrate that belief. So, and that's really fun. I really like doing that with, with well, my clients. I could have used some help maybe four or five <laughs> years ago. I was listening to Louise Hayes work. I'm beautiful. I'm beautiful. And in my head, it's like, F you, like, stop this. This is stupid. I'm going to laugh at this. And it was helpful because her voice is so flowery and like infomercially and just 1970s or whatever that I would laugh because I'm like, I can't believe I'm listening to this. I can't believe I'm one of those people. What's happened to my life? But I would listen and, and I would laugh and it would get me in this like joking state. But I had, I have such vivid memories of such a pushback. And so it's so cool to hear you explain it because it's like, no, 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 I am beautiful. No, no, no. And, and I'm like, oh, this is so hard. And if I could have had a visualization to see what did I associate beauty then and then form into it, even if it changes, like I'm always looking as well in my client work, like how do I find a way to connect it and send to see the name of <clears throat> what my heart's about helping people with their life history or the way they process their processing system or just the way that they experience the world. How do I find a way to meet them? And so it's really cool that yes, there's this logic that you're expressing around it, but there's a way to make sure they can connect to it and actually make the change. And I guess they go layer by layer, belief by belief, but I bet there's bigger ones that really are systemic and creating yes. a lot of Got it. patterns and, and habits. <clears throat> Absolutely. Incredible. I mean, it's just, I think a lot of people are so scared to go to therapy. Like, Oh, I don't ever want to be one of those people who sits in the chair. And then like, you go to therapy and then you realize like they're doing all these things, visualization, CBT, you know, dialogue, all these the behavior therapies, or they're, you know, doing belief system stuff. But what's wild is like someone hears they're going to go do visualizations. They're like, that's woo-woo stuff. That's meditation. That's not serious stuff. But if they go to school for a bunch of years and then there's all this science or funding backing it and they go to the therapy chair, okay, it's what she's telling me to do. I have to do it. And I don't have to tell anyone what I did. I just did some therapy. You know, it's just wild how we create these separations of not being willing to try things, um, to try anything. And I've been working with my, one of my mentors, Christina Pearson, two years solid on like willingness, just open to try anything and not having it to have scientific backing or, <laughs> you know, all this stuff, because when I am desperate enough and you and I were chatting about my accident where I didn't know if my nerves would talk, turn back on or be able to walk in a certain way again, I had to just be open to anything. And I, and I hope, and I wish, and I pray that people are just open to trying without having to hit such a rock bottom or be in so much pain that they're bleeding and willing and so I'm really excited that you really are opening us and walking us through the process and that they don't have to be scared of it. And they also don't have to go to a therapist. They can just try it, you know, like with someone who isn't bound by so many uh, like kind of licensure, you know, parameters, but really able to dive in 
and help people in the ways they want to be. And, um, I have nothing against schooling. I just know a lot of my friends who are doctors who have to revoke their licenses to do certain work because it's not within the restrictions of how they're supposed to practice. And, um, I don't know if I'll, I'll do more, more schooling, but it's, it's interesting. Cause I, I'm never interested in being restrained of finding ways. And I, and it's exciting to hear how transparent you're being about what the process is like. It's not that scary. But I think a lot of people are sometimes a little scared. A little scared. Change is scary. Yeah. The unknown is scary. It's, it's <laughs> um, exciting too. It can be really, really exciting. So I think that's reframing it as exciting versus scary can can be the the caveat sometimes, you know. To, to making change. It's like, well, you know what? Like I am scared, but is it a good scared or is it a bad scared? Like, let's make it a good scared. Yeah. I got to figure out with this guy, he's the surfer lard or something. And he's got these creamers and it's a great brand. And they were interviewing him. Like, do you ever not have fear? And he's like, no, I always have fear. Fear's good. And he surfs these big waves mm-hmm. uh, to be able to reframe it in that way. So you help people initiate change by simply being in alignment with who and what they really are. Can you give us greater insight into that? Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, it comes down to like discovering those belief systems and also creating a a super clear picture of what they want. Because I feel like sometimes our subconscious mind is, is a little bit lost in supporting us in, into our endeavors in the future because we haven't gotten really clear on what it is that we really want. And, um, how can we know where we're going if we, you know, don't plan it out a little bit? I mean, I know there's a lot of people in the spiritual community. Uh, I was just talking to a guy today, bless his heart. And he's just like, I, you know, I just really want to be in the present moment. I got to be here in the present moment. The present is where it's at. I'm like, yes, but we live in this physical experience and, you know, we, we need to have a direction as to where we're going. And, um, creating that vision for your future doesn't mean that you're going to get exactly that, but it gives you something to work towards. And, and once you can, can figure out like, like who you are, and then you can align yourself with that, then it gives you a, 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 a starting point, you know? And, and so with my clients, usually I break down, like, what is, what areas of your life are you seeing things that you, that you're not getting anywhere? That, that you're finding this resistance. I was like, that's where we need to start. And let's get into that. And so we get into the, the how and the why and then create the, the what, you know, to, to get them there. And um, I'll just use myself as an, as an example. Um, working in the service industry for 10 years, I, you know, was very much out of alignment with who I really am and who I really am as someone who's very much interested in health and wellness, helping people, you know, working on subconscious beliefs. It's something that I've been very passionate about with for, for many years. And I kind of was staying complacent and scared because I was making good enough money where I was at to support myself. I was a single parent for the first four years of my son's life. And, um, you know, the pressures of being a single parent and, you know, having to provide for my child, it was scary to like step outside of that and truly align myself with what I am and who I am. And, um, I knew what I wanted. I knew kind of, actually, you know what? I kind of knew what I wanted, but I didn't know how I was going to get there. And so developing a clear picture, um, 
just in the last like six months, I would say has really helped me kind of, I mean, I'm still sitting in the unknown right now with building my business and doing all of that, but I feel so much more motivated. I feel healthier. I've always had problems with sleep and I'm not saying that I have figured that out, but I can go on less sleep and be fine because the things that I do on a daily basis are give me enough energy, you know, talking to my clients, helping other people working in, in an industry that I feel very much aligned with. It's like the support system is already there. You know, I really believe in, um, divine timing and, and the, you know, the, the consciousness of the universe and, and it's there to support you when you align yourself with what you are passionate about. And so that's, that's where I'm at with my clients is, is if they don't know where they're going, I'm like, well, let's get clear on this because that's really going to help you figure out the belief systems that you want to uproot and change, and then creating a vision for your future and then creating the action steps, you know, to, to get there. Even if it's just like one little thing, like I had a client that I'm like, you know, she's has a problem starting and and finishing things. And I was like, well, what, what in your house can you start and finish right now? She's like, well, I've got this closet I've got to clean out. I was like, let's start there. Take everything out of that closet. I was like, it's going to get back in there sometime. <laughs> Whether, you know, it's, it's going to go back in a different fashion. Right. And cause you're not going to want the stuff everywhere. So I was like, finish that. I was like, then give yourself credit for finishing that. That's supporting that belief system that I finish things you know? And so it's just those little things and then you build momentum from there. And it's beautiful when people look at their budget and they see what they're really valuing and spending money on and rearrange to sometimes be able to put money aside to have a coach or have someone who can keep them accountable. Those two or three months of working with someone builds the, they say 66 days now for a habit, not 21 but it builds the accountability muscle to be able to follow through. And like you said, change, but sometimes people aren't used to keeping themselves accountable and they need a little bit of help mm-hmm. and they don't realize how their life could change drastically if they don't buy alcohol for a month or something and save a little bit or look at where they're leaking so that they can totally change. Because if you, if you just said, they have this new mentality of finishing things, then they might be able to make more money or, you know, there's all these things that can happen and come from just one belief. It's wild. I'm just, I'm so excited with how easily you break it down for people to see that it is doable to change their life. And it's such a broad statement, change your life, but it's, it's it needed to be talked about. Um, So this is cool. Can we speak to how to help others learning how to cultivate intuition in a world full of fake news, disinformation? I love this idea. Yeah, I mean, that's been a big one for me because, and it's not only just cultivating intuition, it's listening to intuition. Because I feel like a lot of times we, our, our subconscious mind, our mind, like it's screaming at us, like do this and we do this. <laughs> so, um, it, it just has to do with like 
uprooting the belief systems of self-doubt as well. Um, and like for me, it's turning off the TV. It's turning off, you know, even social media for, for big periods of time, just focusing on consuming information that's empowering and um, being in nature, I think is a really big one for me because I feel like when you align yourself with the principles of nature, you get so many downloads of, of, of really strong intuition because let's face it, we are part of nature as much as we live in these boxes and drive these little boxes around and, you know, try to compartmentalize ourselves from, from nature, like the principles of nature, the symbiosis, the balance and everything that is found in nature is exactly mirrored in us. And so when we can use that as inspiration for our own lives and cultivating our intuition, then we can, we can kind of sift through the BS that's being thrown at us from um, the government, from the social media, from media, and all of those things telling us what to think all the time. Because that's pretty much what it is, is, is we're constantly being told what to think. And nobody's really telling us how to think. And um, unfortunately, the education system has not you know, supported children and, you know, the last few generations on how to think and how to decipher information. And um, it really comes down to the fact that we have everything that we need inside of us already. We have all of the tools that we need to have the life that we want. And, um, and it just takes little baby steps at a time, you know, of just filtering out the things that aren't serving us, whether, you know, and it it starts different for everyone. For me, it started with diet and then it was exercise. And then that led me down the rabbit hole of, you know, the medical industry and, and the school system. And, and, but everyone has a different entry point into this um, health and wellness field because health and wellness is is, you know, a lot of times people think of, of it just being physical, but it's so much, so much more a mental game than it is a physical game, because you're never going to get the the diet and the exercise right if you don't have a mentality of, you know, that you can do it. You're going to self-sabotage like I did for years. Um, totally. To be able to follow through. And, yeah. And so um, developing intuition just has to do with the belief systems really like that, that you can trust yourself, that you can trust that like that internal wisdom is already there and it is guiding you and it wants to guide you in the right direction. If you will only just get out of the way and let it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if your entry point is, is through, you know, psychotherapy or psychology or any of those things like that's great too. Actually, I almost feel like you might have a better chance than, you know, running on a treadmill literally, or, you know, trying to eat your way to being better because that's such a small part of the, the overall wellness. And just the follow through and creating a lifestyle of least resistance is what I try and figure out for my clients with their needs, priorities, and responsibilities. What is, the path of least resistance to have a lifestyle and habits and design that works. And it's not like an, a bunch of extra effort because there's so much that is, you know, undeniably going to come up that we have to handle that's stressful and having a lifestyle that is not helpful to being clear headed and solution oriented. Um, mm-hmm. 
I'm really excited you're speaking on it because I'm someone who really struggled to trust myself and had other friends who would see a lot of psychics and uh, readers and this idea of like, you can't see a tarot reader. You have to do like a tarot reader or psychic fast for eight months and you feel like your whole world's going to fall apart. Or I did because I had all these friends with all these gifts and I wanted to circulate with them. And then I realized, well, bar, <laughs> I need to do some fasting, but then what's going to happen? And I had to come up with this new narrative. I can handle whatever's going to happen. And I had to really like, I can stumble and scrape my knee and find a Band-Aid. But it was like approaching life like that. (sighs) You know, I wanted to open these books and do these cards, even for myself. And I'm like, let's just like believe that you can handle whatever's going to happen. And then all of a sudden I became so much more trusting and like kind of solid and not as easily like manipulated or overextending as I used to be just kind of like, no, I can handle what their reaction's going to be or if it doesn't go well. And it was this weird new self-sufficient feeling in an emotional sense. Um, I'm wondering, this is a question I often ask. I want to see if I can find it so I can get it right. (laughs) Um, I'm going to mix two of them. But with your life history and personal experience of it, two questions in one. How have you seen your sensitivity not be as much of a crippling force, but a superpower? And then the other one is, what is your evolving perspective around beauty and your relationship to your body as a woman for other women struggling with um, body image issues? But it's two questions in one, so you can answer it however you'd like. Well, I'll, I'll address the sensitivity, um, the sensitivity question. Um, I see sensitivity as awareness and sensitivity creates a huge amount of awareness. And if you're like, even for me, like I'll use, uh, like sense of smell. I'm super sensitive to chemicals, um, because I leave a, live a pretty clean lifestyle. I don't use any perfumes or scents or anything like that. Everything's like essential oil based. As soon as I walk into someone's house that uses like heavy cleaners or, you know, go through the Macy's perfume section, I'm like, oh. you know, like, I feel like I'm going to die almost. And like, it could be, you can look at that as a negative thing. Like you could look at it like, oh my gosh, like I wish I wasn't so sensitive because I don't, you know, then I wouldn't get headaches all the time when I'm, um, experiencing these overpowering scents. Um, but I see it as a superpower because I'm like, oh, that's bad for me. Like run away from that, (laughs) you know? And so it creates like a hyper awareness of uh, what is serving you and what is not serving you. And so if you're a sensitive person, like that's, that's your like gauge, you know, that's, that's your, that's your rudder to like navigate through life. And if something is so overwhelmingly like negative to you, like that's a really good place to look and examine, like, why is that negative? You know, is it something that I can change? Is it something that I can't, if it's something you can't change, then obviously you just walk the other direction, you know, like find a way to like walk away. If it's a person, a place, a thing, whatever it is. But if it's something that you can change, then it gives you a starting point, you know, it gives you like, okay, well, that's my pain point. Where did that come from? How can I change that? How can I transmute that into something positive? 
And how can I grow from that experience? How empowering. I'm like, yes, I need you to be my sensitivity mind at all times. And I know you love research and you're very wise in this set, like field of things. So I'm kind of like, will you educate us on fragrance for a minute? Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, in, ter- in terms of fragrance, it's just I avoid pretty much but like know how toxic. Yeah, anything that comes, like, if you can't read the label and you don't know what those ingredients are, stay away from it. It's just, like, any, pretty much any commercial product out there, like, I make all of my own skincare products. Um, My mom's an esthetician, so she helps me a lot, like, find, like, really good natural products to use. Um, I use, any scents that I use are all, like, single essential oils mixed with oil, um, lavender is like my go-to everything because it, it's healing for the skin and it's calming, relaxing. Um, you know, I use essential oil products for my teeth, like oil care. Um, and it's, it makes a huge difference. And with cleaning products, you know, vinegar and water, or, you know, I use like, uh, an orange scented spray, like a natural orange scented spray for things and like cutting those things out helps so much like like keep your environment clean your head clear um you know natural hair care products you just want to make sure that like just read ingredients and if if it's like this long the words like this long or you can't pronounce it then sometimes it's like a, a chemical word for like something natural but most of the time it's something that probably shouldn't be in or around your body because our skin is um basically, you know, it's just, it's, it is a filtration system for the outside world, but we absorb things directly into our bloodstream. So like sunscreens, like any of that stuff, don't do it. (laughs) I don't think people realize they take for granted. Well, I'm just used to having the special Lysol kind of spray in the bathroom. And my mom always had this and that. And 50 years ago, even 20 years ago, what's in products today is so much more irritating than what wasn't because they're taking a lot of waste products and they're just adding them in. They don't know what to do with certain things, aluminum, other things, they'll add it in. I shouldn't say the word vaccine, but it's crazy once we start to go and research and one of my mentors, Dr. Christy Garner, would often say, like, how do we reduce the amount of hidden irritants that make us, she wouldn't say it maybe like this, but I'll say explode. And as a mother, taking care of your tribe, and if you're having little things that you don't realize are causing irritation in the system for your little ones or yourself, you know, the last thing you want to do is be freaking out. And I love that you said it's just an awareness and warning to what doesn't work and all we can do is take care of this, this system and the, the ducklings. Um, so I'd love to end if you want to chat about beauty and your, your evolution. Um, and you can also add, if you want to talk about another topic at the end too, as a woman and embracing um, your evolving perspective of beauty and your body, as you said, you've experienced weight loss, weight gain, yeah, I mean, I can't say I have it all figured out. Um, it's something that, like, I still have a tendency those those belief systems run deep, um, but it's it's a work in progress. But uh, some of the things that have been really helpful for me, like, if you have a specific body part that you're hating on or that you dislike about yourself, that's exactly the part of your body that you need to give the most love. 
you know, and like literally love, like touch, physical touch, massage. Like I make my own body butter and like I massage it on my body and I spend like, you know, extra time in certain parts of my body that like I am avoiding or need to get familiar with. I think a lot of women like that might be like their breasts, especially like breast massage is really, really healthy, empowering. It actually can help lift your breasts, especially if you breastfed a lot, you know? And so just like focusing in just like from a physical kinesthetic standpoint on loving those parts of yourself that you might, you know, not, and and just loving it as it is, because I think a lot of us are like, oh, you know, I just need to go to the gym more, or I need to stop eating ice cream at like nine o'clock at night, every night. And yes, absolutely stop doing those things or start doing those things. But you know, we are in this body that we're in right now and, and it's not going to change from one second to the next. Um, transformation takes time. So, you know, just loving and just even just touching ourselves, I think is really, really important. And something that doesn't happen very often, because, you know, we we can look in the mirror and go, you know, and like I said, with affirmations, I love myself. Oh, you're so beautiful. And we can have those conversations and I'm not saying not to do those things because they are definitely empowering, but like, even just like the physical touch to like kind of hammer that in a little bit more, I think is really, really important. The issues are in the tissues. Mm-hmm. And my partner and I, he said, we said, what you hide, you can't heal. Mm gone through different weight loss journeys and we were talking to my physical therapist who said a lot of people who carry a lot of weight will become chest breathers try and suck in but then first of all for the nervous system in general parasympathetic nervous system rest and digest the deep belly breathing can help with regeneration repair and all of your cells and systems weight loss included but also if we're not belly breathing and breathing into our bellies, then we can't have circulation or massage our organs or proper digestion. And it's just so wild what we do um, and how we aren't used to touching and calming and that nonverbal communication, which a lot of us, I'll speak for myself, wanted to receive more of it. Um, And I don't know what my parents were going through where they couldn't be present and just hold me. Mm-hmm. A very distinct memory during some of my own belief system trauma work just last year, maybe. And my mom didn't always know how to comfort me uh, or meet me with my sensitivity. And she would make this face like, and I thought she was mad at me. And like I can start to, I started to recover a lot of memories from my childhood, but she was actually uh, upset with herself that she didn't know what to do. And so I always thought when I was sensitive, it was bad because she was making like her face but she was really like gosh I don't know what to do I don't know like I don't know if she maybe didn't get it for herself she doesn't know how to do with me so I don't know in my late 20s right we're in the middle of the airport Um, my mom and my grandmother and I it was big maternal healing trip the matriarchs we got onto this wheelchair cart where the guy's driving and I'm telling my mom this story and she goes oh so you mean all you wanted me to do and she reached behind here is just kind of hold you like this and then all these tears start coming. And I'm like in the middle of the airport, like, ah! and she's like, and I'm trying to hide them from her because I don't want to freak her out because that belief system's so, so strong. And it's just like that one just little of her just holding me and not trying to fix it via words. It was a wild experience. Um, wow. And touch, uh, just really bringing presence and tenderness to these parts that are having in their own ways, like temper tantrums, Mm. parts of us. 
Well, I'd love to know if there's any topic you'd like to end with on the work that brings your heart so much joy and the passion that you have to share with others. If others are hurting in a certain way that you'd like to tell them it's going to be okay. Um, if there's anything in your heart you'd like to end with, I'd love to, to listen. Yeah, I mean, I feel like no matter where you're at, you know, change is always possible. And I, I have a tendency to attract and work with a lot of people who are light workers and who are kind of what, what you know, what the, yeah, I'm like, let's go and light workers, people who, who want to help other people, you know, people who are interested in, in facilitating change in other people, whether it's, it's on an individual or a collective level. And, um, and, and I, I, I don't know if I like this term, but it's the term that's kind of landed on the conscious community, like being woke, you know, like I have a tendency to like, to attract like those types of people. And I think it's because, you know, that's what I identify with. And I think a lot of us struggle with um, this idea that like the world needs to change now, you know, and because there's a lot of really uncomfortable, really crazy things happening in the world. And and I have been in the position of being so frustrated with the level of consciousness that I see in, in the, the general public. And um, so uh, to just touch on the microcosm, macrocosm um, subject, you know, like we are uh, a, just a fractal of the universe and we have the ability to, to affect great change, you know, but it has to start with us. We have to be in alignment with who we are because change happens more rapidly when you show somebody versus rather, rather than like telling them that they need to change. And so the best way that I've discovered to really help the universe, the world at large is on an individual level. And so that is the whole, you know, the microcosm reflects the macrocosm. And if we can heal ourselves, then we can have that ripple effect. And that's my, that's my purpose. That's my passion is, is like, I really want to help other people, other light workers, other people who want to help affect change in this world because it so desperately needs it. And, um, but help them on an individual level, get in alignment with their lives, get rid of some of those um, disempowering belief systems so that they can, you know, sky's the limit, really. We are the co-creators of our own reality. And the more, the, the more people that are of that mindset, I mean, imagine, imagine what would happen if everyone started to believe in themselves, to trust themselves, to trust their intuition, and to co-create the out the reality that they want versus attracting in all the things that they don't want, which is what, what I think is happening. And and there's so much division and so much hate and so much, you know, fear, especially in the world. And and you know, I want to help at least my little corner of the world to help create that ripple effect on everything else. I'm just so excited we got to do this podcast and I'll share even to people listening. I was like, Tiara, I would love to interview you. And she's like, okay, give me a couple of weeks to get myself together. And then she, she messaged me and I'm just so happy. It doesn't matter when we get back to people and take up an opportunity or when things feel right. Like this is so yummy. And I want to ask a question I usually ask. I hope you don't have, do you have to run? No. Okay. Um, 
about syndice, which means connection, looking at what connects us rather than separates us. And in this industry of wellness and following your dreams and the work that you and I do as entrepreneurs, oftentimes people leave the security of what's safe and they get into the scarcity mindset of how am I going to do this and how you would recommend in what you were just saying for other practitioners living, um, listening and living, hopefully not a diet dying. Um, but we're all dying that how do we move from a, a competition mindset to a collaboration mindset? And I think this can go across the board, not just in a business sense, but, um, what you've done in your own world or, you know, there's, 8 billion people almost there's there's enough for everyone and how to embrace that perspective that it really is better to like you said co-create i love that and collaborate um and how to shift to that mindset Mm. well i think there's a couple things here um one of the things that i've been coming up against with a few of the people that that i've been working with recently and it's this idea of money Um, money is a really, really challenging one, especially for people who are light workers who are wanting to help other people, but they're afraid to ask for their value. Um, and because the, because the monetary exchange for them is, is part of the matrix system. It's part of, you know, the man, the government, you know, and it's money is bad and, and all of that. And I totally get, I totally get where they're coming from, but we have to get out of this mindset of money and think of it as abundance because abundance is something that is not just like I get for me. Abundance is, is it's like this symbiotic, you know, synergistic exchange between people, whether it's money, circumstances, emotional, you know, um, whatever exchange you have that it's a mutually beneficial and, um, you know, and, and that the universe is supporting you and your endeavors. And sometimes that comes in the form of money, but sometimes it comes in the form of other things. And so letting go of our attachment of, you know, like I, I, I can't charge, I can't charge that, you know, like no one would pay that or like, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to help. So I, you know, I can't, I can't charge for, for that, because then, then I'm taking away somehow. And so there's that particular mindset that, that needs to shift and change. And then in terms of like collaboration and, you know, working collectively and not in competition, well, I think you're a perfect example of doing that with, with this podcast and like, you know, sharing information and also, um, just like knowing that no matter where you are, you still most likely need help you know, and it's okay to ask for help. It's okay, like as a coach to hire another coach to help you, you know, and in fact, I would highly recommend it, you know, because when it comes to coaching, like we're used to giving out advice and, you know, helping direct people and guide them and ask them the important questions and, and help other people see their blind spots. But we're people too, and we need someone else to show us our blind spots. And that will only help us grow as coaches and elevate our, you know, practice and, and, um, our ability to help other people. So, you know, like for me, depending on my circumstances and my time limits, like I like to exchange 
um, my services with other coaches and other people, depending on what it is that I need, whether it's like Reiki or massage or, you know, even those types of things, like being able to exchange services with people, I think is really valuable because I mean, it gets rid of the whole money issue too, um, on top of that, but it, it, you know, it kind of elevates the experience and also, you know, your, uh, just the practice of it too. Like I've been doing some free sessions, um, to get started and it's like up leveling my ability to connect with people and, and the energy that I'm giving off and everything too. So I love the, you're speaking to each of us has divine unique value that we can offer someone else when money becomes an issue. And if we really look to seek and live in a world that we have everyone embodying their value and their gifts, which is unique, you know, or we all come with our own flavors, we can find and, and everything is abundant of what we need. We can really find and achieve and and find a way and I, I love that thank you tiara so how can people contact you if they'd like to work with you um right now facebook is the best place um just on my personal page um you have to send me a message through messenger because i'm getting so i'm getting i've been getting a lot of friend requests and i can't filter through all of them so um if you just send me a message through messenger i i check that frequently i will have a website up hopefully in the next month or two. Um, my husband's helping with that cause he's the, he's the tech whiz. So, um, when he has time, he's helping me with that. So, and um, I think that's going to be lifealignment.coach. Um, once I get that domain, um, completely registered, but, um, so that will be my website, but, um, I'll have that probably little link posted on my Facebook page once I get that up. So yeah, just Tiara Thomas on Facebook and I'm friends with June. So if you're friends with her, you can find me easily. <laughs> you in this um, and you can put an email if you want to put in the comments and you're offering your services so people can connect with you and, and chat with you you're, you're you're running your services yes I'm up and running and um, I I do like a free um, like intake call too so just to kind of chat and see if if you know we're on the same page with everything so yeah yay Thank you, Tiara. And thank you for anyone who's watched. Please comment if you have any questions. We'd love to hear. And Tiara can answer you in her field of expertise. I might not be able to answer it. And I'll answer with my field of expertise. Uh, thank you for watching the Personal Local Global Wellness Show hosted by Syndicy Wellness. I hope you guys have a great day. Thank you, June. It was a pleasure. Fundamental you, you, you. Well, if you'd like a place where there's never a dull moment, choose the right flavor of wellness for you. Syndacy Wellness hosts the personal, local, global wellness show.